Second String Podcast. We are back. Huge one today. Absolutely massive one we got for you today. I got for you today. I don't know why I said we. Not that it's going to be the longest in the world. Um, I don't have any crazy guests. I'm not, you know, not bringing Jared Goff on. Sadly, one day that'll be the case. One day I'm going to start the show. I'm going to say huge show. I'm going to say biggest one yet, most exciting yet, huge guest, and it's going to be the quarterback of the Lions. Today is not quite yet that day. It's on the horizon. Not today, though. Still, regardless, quarterback, no quarterback, pro athlete, no pro athlete, kid who lives with his parents and and watches Narcos all day, whatever. They're all the same. Here we are. Here we are. Huge fucking day today. Huge episode today. It's Thursday, April 29th. I believe, I cannot believe, before we get into anything, I cannot believe April's almost over. I feel like April Fool's opening day, that actually feels like it was, I don't know, a week ago, two weeks ago. You remember that? It was snowing and shit. Miggy hit a seed opposite way, home run through the blizzard. That shit feels like it was a month, a month. It was a month ago. That shit feels like it was a week ago, though. Can't believe April's almost over. Coming on. Maybe my favorite month of the year, certain nah, no, not my favorite, but one of my favorites. Birthday month, May, weather finally for good starts turning. And it doesn't, it's not turning from 50, like 40s to 50s and 60s. Now we start getting the 70s more consistently. It starts to feel like summer, a little bit more sunshine. People out and about, you can just feel it in the air. Everyone starts making those summer trips. Beautiful day today. Beautiful day. And above all that, along with the renaissance that is the month of May, the renaissance that is spring into summer, new plants, new flowers, everything growing green and color returns, much like the revitalization of nature and our surroundings and the beautiful state of Michigan, the Detroit Lions today have a chance to take the first of many the first of many, but certainly a large step towards the revitalization. I don't even, is it a revitalization towards the vitalization towards the vitalization, the Renaissance? I think that also means to count, like to do something again, just the Nessance, the Detroit lions have the opportunity to make an absolutely colossal move in the rebuild, rebuilding rebuild. No, in the rebuild of this team, in the plight to hopefully someday, you know, remove the same old Lions tag to make the Detroit Lions, I don't even dare I say, I don't even want to say contenders or playoff contenders or Super Bowl contenders. God forbid. I don't even want to think about any of that. Huge day in the first step in the plight to make the Lions not a loser. Can we start there? To make us not the fucking doormat of, American sports, not even the NFL, not even the NFC North, which we obviously have been of American sports. They have a chance. We've been the punchline us and the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, Cleveland, but it is what it is. And Cleveland was good last year over my entire life. We've been the punchline to every sports joke in the United States of America for the last 23 years. And obviously before that, Never won a Super Bowl. Haven't won a playoff game in my lifetime. Haven't hosted a playoff game in my lifetime. The Honolulu Blue, legendary franchise, tale as old as time, started by the Ford family, 
Henry Ford, everybody knows the Fords, cars, the Model T, the assembly line, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, the Silverdome, the Ford Field, so much history, so much tradition, an iconic brand, really. Whether whether you take it as the brand of we've been around forever, Henry Ford, Blue Collar, the Arsenal of Democracy, used to be one of the biggest cities in the country. We've been around forever. The Detroit Lions have been part of that. Whether you take it as a vintage kind of American brand or you take it as these guys stink and always lose, any way you cut the fucking cake, an iconic brand in the sporting landscape, new guys at the helm, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, Chris Spielman's getting involved. I can't remember. John Dorsey, Martha – or Martha – what's her name? Sheila Ford Hamp in her second year as the controlling owner. A lot of people with a lot to prove, a lot of people where this is kind of their first crack at being the big swinging dicks. A lot has changed. New coaches, new general manager, new staff, like I said. Fairly new as far as obviously the same family with the ownership, but a new person calling the shots, someone who was born, I think, after World War II, which is nice. Huge opportunity tonight for the Detroit Lions to put the past in the past, to recognize the opportunity, the the road we have ahead, the fucking potential. Like, my God, I can't even imagine what those people are feeling like. The people that are actually responsible for the success of the Lions, that are actually responsible for building the Lions into what they can be, what they should be, what people like me think they're capable of. I can't even imagine the excitement, probably the angst, a little bit of nerves, just fucking whatever they're feeling, that fire in their tummy, what those people are feeling, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes. I can't imagine what they're feeling today. They have the Detroit Lions future, the franchise, at their fingertips. They have the ability to to eliminate the paper bags over the Lions fans' heads, to make us forget about 0-16, to forget about the fact that Stafford, an elite quarterback talent, didn't do anything in 13 years here, to forget about the fact that guys like Calvin Johnson, guys like Barry Sanders retired early, to forget about the fact that we've never won a Super Bowl, to forget about the fact that player fans in my age group and older have never seen the Detroit Lions win a playoff game. They've never seen a playoff game take place in the city of Detroit. They have the opportunity today. Fresh start, clean slate, nothing of the past, nothing of our future past failures has anything to do with these guys. Everything about our future success does. They have the opportunity today to put their stamp on the history books and on the brand of the Detroit Lions. As a fan, I obviously don't have shit to do with it. I'm not in the goddamn draft room. I'm not whispering in Dan Campbell's ear telling him that trading up for a wide receiver would be the dumbest thing he's ever done. I don't get the opportunity to do any of that. I'm not lucky enough to be in those conversations, to be in those meetings, to be in that position. But I am lucky enough to be a fan. I am lucky enough to be really in what I would say kind of entering the prime of my sports fandom life 23 years old, just graduated college. Listen, I live and die with the Detroit Lions. I did in college, I did in high school, and I did before that. No team that that 
has a direct main line. And this sounds like I'm such a loser, but I don't fucking care because this is why I love sports. This is what it's about. This, what I'm about to say, is what it means to be a fan of a team, to be a fan of something. No one, no organization, nothing in the world has more of a mainline connection to my happiness, a direct correlation to whether I'm smiling or I'm frowning quite like the Detroit Lions and what happens every Sunday in the fall. Nothing has that kind of connection to my happiness. There's things that come close. MSU for sure. Red Wings, my friends, family, absolutely. Fuck the Detroit Lions are a roller coaster I've been on for 23 years, and the entire time it's been shitty. The entire time we've been going two miles an hour, the rides had to stop 14 different times to fix broken cars, to get banana peels off the rails. I've never had that feeling of getting up to the top of the hill and then soaring down it at 80 miles an hour. And I've been on this roller coaster for 23 years. I may not be able to impact the decisions or impact the future or have any say in what happens with the Lions tonight and moving forward with this new regime. But I am able, and I'm so, if you can't tell, then you haven't been listening. I am so excited. I'm so grateful to be here, to be in the prime of my sports fandom life when the Lions have an opportunity like this, when the Lions are staring in the face of a new dawn. They're they're presented with an opportunity to change the perception of the Lions. For people like me, for people younger than me, think about kids growing up. There are kids that are 12, 13 that love football, love the Lions. Listen, the Lions haven't been great as far as they know, but they don't have to grow up knowing only lose, loss, losing, whatever, knowing only failure. They don't have to grow up and, and hear the phrase, same old Lions. They don't need to know what that is. Today is the first step in a long journey, a, a treacherous journey that I'm sure will be filled with some ups and downs. Today is the first step in a, in a journey where new faces, new energy, new spirit, new people are able to put their stamp on the Lions and get this thing going in the right direction for the first time in a very long time. There have been moments where it felt like the Lions were doing the right things. There have been moments where we built momentum and it was like, oh, shit, this year might be the year. Next year might be the year. We've come close. We've smelled it. We've we've had victory ripped out of our fucking claws by the Dallas Cowboys with the assistance of Roger Goodell. We've been there. We've been on the precipice. Today, the Lions, for the first time in a long time, it feels like a massive just sense of optimism, um, an overwhelming feeling of hope, an overwhelming feeling of this time it'll be different, kind of abandoning that same old Lions mantra, abandoning everything same old Lions stands for. It feels, or at least maybe maybe this is just me, maybe this is just me being optimistic, maybe this is just me tired of losing, maybe this is just me that wants to believe in something. Today's a day where it feels like something new can be born of the Detroit Lions. I fucking, I, I feel great today. I woke up today with an energy like I've never felt before. I felt like I woke up with a rock that was on fire inside of my body. That's what I felt like today. 
I could feel it in my stomach, in my eyes, in my brain. I woke up. I looked at the sun. I looked at the green grass. I listened to the birds chirp. Today marks the beginning of a new age of Detroit Lions football, or at least we can hope. It's the NFL draft. It is the NFL draft. If you're a sports fan, certainly. If you're a football fan, you've been seeing this shit all over the place for the last like month, if not more which may be a topic for another time because I want to keep it on on Lions and talk about the draft today. The amount of draft coverage that fucking places go to, like Bleacher Report, ESPN, the amount of shit they do where it's just musical chairs of draft coverage, it is fucking unbelievable how much they talk about the draft. It is unbelievable how much they talk about the same five guys. It is unbelievable how much they talk about the fucking same two picks that the Jets can make. How many? How how much they talk about the, the oh, it's Trevor Lawrence. He's for sure going to Jacksonville, right? Like, it is absurd the amount of content these places squeeze out of the draft. Honestly, I'm excited it's here. Uh, big part so the Lions can get their shit on the road so I can get a gauge of Brad Holmes and the new crew can I, so I can kind of see what they're thinking. But on the other hand, like I don't need to see who would, who you got, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Waddle. I don't need to see that on Twitter five times a day. Like we get it. We get it. There's a bunch of good receivers. Who you got? Yeah, everyone has their guy. I fucking get it. I don't need to see would you take Penai Sewell? Is he good enough to go top four? Like, bro, I don't, maybe, I guess. I don't fucking know. I'm very tired of the draft content. It gets sold. Also, like, even if they started the draft content like two weeks before the draft, maybe this is just me as I'm I'm doing draft content, but this will air the day of the draft. And I just, I'm not telling you, oh, Penai Sewell. This guy's a generational talent. You trade back, trade up him, move him over, and then you – I'm not telling you – I'm not acting like fucking Mel Kuyper here. I'm just telling you what I want the Lions to do. I'm going to tell you why I want the Lions to do it, and that'll be that. Obviously, it's open today with a little bit of a monologue about the Cats, but that seemed fitting. I haven't talked about him in so long. I just had some juice built up – some Lions juice built up inside of me. But it felt – it feels like even if they just did two weeks of draft content, it's like, okay this is enough. Like it's not entertaining. I don't really care. The jets are going to take Zach Wilson or they won't. And that's fine. Like just wait till Thursday and we'll see who they fucking take. Like, I don't need this constantly. I'm glad it's over the draft content. Not my thing. Not my thing. The lions, the lions picking seventh overall today. (laughs) I was going to say, we need we need uh we need a few things. I wish I could point to one position and say, ah, yeah, we're looking at this. We just need this. Ah, if we just can get one of these, the Lions will figure some things out. They'll be back. There there are a lot more things we need than there are things we don't need. There are essentially to me, the way I see it, we could take any position group, a guy at any position group except for one, and I'll get into it, and I would be happy because that's how fucking bad this roster is. Every single position, maybe two, 
I don't think we need a running back. I love DeAndre Swift. He showed flashes. I'll get into the other one after the break. But there are so many ways the Lions could go, and it sucks because I'm going to release this day of the draft. And then Friday, I'll do. we're going to do another episode, obviously. But I'm going to try to not make it all football once again. Whoever the Lions do decide to take today, of course, I'm going to have to address that tomorrow. Like, sorry, it's just the way it is. Try to keep, like, one of the segments we'll talk, 15, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes. There are so many ways the Lions can go. But there's one way to me that just is not. It's not the way to go. And it feels like it's an unpopular opinion from the people I've talked to and stuff I've been reading on Twitter and on the internet and all that good stuff. Obviously, I still stand my guard. Like I said last episode, I said Tua. Remember him? Everyone, oh, he's the greatest of all time. Draft him. You can't pass on him. He's a generational prospect. I was saying, ah, is he though? He gets to play at the best school with the best teammates, with the best wide receivers, with the best coaches. Ah, we sure about him? Eh, look pretty good now. It stinks. It stinks because whoever the Lions draft tonight, we're not going to know, was it a good pick? Was it a bad pick? Was it an okay pick? We're not going to know at least for a year, probably two, three years, right? Obviously, even guys like Jeff Okuda didn't look great this year. I He's still, to me, it's like, whatever. I'm, I'm going into this year with him with an open mind. TJ Hawkinson had a rough rookie year, I guess, which I don't even, again, disagreed with that when people were saying that shit too. TJ, people were out on after year one. Oh, you supposed we for top ten pick. He's supposed to be Gronk. He's supposed to be Kelsey. People were dogging on TJ. Comes back year two Pro Bowl. It's early year one. It's tough to make a decision. It's tough to say oh he's good. He's bad. He's whatever. It's tough to say after year one. These guys are young. They're learning the game. Much like I talked about with the Red Wings. So much of this is just getting used to it. We'll see what happens with Okuda after a year. Let's see year two. Maybe he's a little more used to it. He doesn't have that fat so ordering him around anymore. Maybe he'll figure it out a bit more. Same thing with whoever the Lions take tonight. Obviously, I'm going to have my opinion on tomorrow's episode. Obviously, I'm going to say whether I liked it or disliked it. We won't know, though. I won't know if I was right or wrong. I won't know if it was a good pick or a bad pick. I'm going to just give my opinion. Regardless of the way it goes, even if they choose against my well wishes, I'm going to keep an open mind. And I think this this is a good little piece of advice, just a a thought, a, a food for your thought. For all the Lions fans listening right now, everyone's kind of got their ideas of which way we should go. Whatever happens tonight, keep an open mind. Trust the process. We got a haul. These guys clearly know what they're doing to some degree. They got a haul for Stafford. All right. They didn't re-sign Galladay. They have a direction. They have an idea of the timetable and what this team's going to look like. Okay. Whatever happens, whoever they pick, keep an open mind. Keep the negativity out of my fucking face. Positive vibes only. It's a new year, new regime, renaissance in Detroit. Keep the faith. No sense in downplaying and bagging on a a 21-year-old kid who's never played an NFL snap, okay, just to fucking turn it around when he goes for an all-rookie season. Keep the faith. Trust the process. Open mind. Let's try positive attitude. Positive attitude, no matter what happens. I'm going to try to employ that. I'm sure it'll be more difficult, easier said than done. But here we go. Quick break. 
talk to you about the best podcast app in the game. It's called Anchor. It's so easy, so effective. Sounds fucking great. You'd think I'm Bill Simmons if I didn't tell you I was using Anchor. And then we're going to talk about who the Lions are going to take at seven, who I want them to take, why I want them to take them, and why I don't want them to take specific people. Quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. So let's not fuck around. Let's not fuck around. I took you to dinner. I bought you. We got, we each split a bottle of wine. I got you the nice chocolate lava cake for dessert. Let's stop messing around. Let's pop the pants off and let's bang. I want the Lions to take Justin Fields at number seven tonight if he's available. And I don't want to hear anything about it. I'll give you my reasoning. But before you poo-poo it and fucking run to your ESPN pro football focused Reddit page and talk about, oh, my God, why would we ever take Justin Fields? Can you hear me out for one minute? I gave you what you wanted. We Pants off, no foreplay, bang. I gave you what you wanted. Fields at seven, that's the pick. Fields at seven, that's the pick. Fields at seven, Justin Fields from Ohio State, from the Ohio State University transfer by way of the University of Georgia. Justin Fields is who the Detroit Lions should be selecting tonight at, with the seventh overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. That's it. That's it. You want to fix the Lions? You want to burn the same old Lions t-shirts? You want to end the mantra? You want to end the narrative? You want to get rid of that paper bag you've been wearing to games for 20 years? You draft Justin Fields at seven overall tonight. That's how you do it. It's simple as that. You know how you always see shit on the internet? Gary V's like, oh, there's no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. There's no such thing as, as fame overnight. There's no such thing as doing this in a day. You got to work and put the man hours. Fuck that. The NFL, all these dummies on ESPN, all these morons that just talk themselves into circles, these galaxy-brained Sir Isaac Newton football wannabes that keep talking themselves into, into human figure eights where they don't even remember what they said a week ago and now they're saying something else and next week they're saying something different. All these pundits, these analysts, people realize I know they're saying Joe, oh, Justin Fields, what he might be the only the fourth or fifth best quarterback available now. People do realize something, right? People do realize those same guys, those same guys that these people are religiously following, religiously bowing down to, religiously adhering to every draft tip they could possibly have for any team. Those same guys, like two months ago, were talking about how is Justin Fields maybe going to go one? Those same guys. Did people forget that? Somehow everybody in the world has forgotten that. These same fucking guys, two, three months ago, I remember, I remember, I don't know if it was on Bleacher Report or something I saw on Twitter. I remember scrolling past something and the, the gist of it was, what are the odds? Is there a chance the Jaguars take Justin Fields at one over Trevor Lawrence? Same guys. Not only was it that, not only was it like, oh shit, he might go one, one. It was, well, if not one, one, Justin Fields, welcome to New York. You're going to be a jet. My friend, it was, he is, he, there's like a 2% chance he goes one, but there's a hundred percent chance he's at two. All of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I don't fucking know what happened. I think people are 
if you ask me, people getting a little too ahead of themselves. People love to think they're the smartest human beings in the room. That's why I started a podcast (laughs) and it's just me. But people love to think they're smarter than everyone else. Look at Matt Patricia, that fat loser, for example. People love to think that they don't need others' help. People love to think, oh, oh, they're all going this way. Let me go that way. People love to just talk themselves into in, into situations, into narratives that don't exist. It's human nature. It's why, like, the media and Sports Center and all this, it's why they exist. People love, people love to make things out of nothing. A couple months ago, it was Justin Fields. Oh, he might go one. And he's certainly a lock for two. All of a sudden, so what? Zach Wilson goes on, is going on a Mormon trip. The guy likes to soak. He has more testosterone than Justin Fields. Oh, he wears that cool headband. Oh, he's got the spiky hair and he runs around. Oh, oh, he played at BYU. Oh, Zach Wilson. Oh, he's kind of the dark horse. All of a sudden, Zach Wilson's a lock at number two. What about football? This would be my question to all the people who right now are thinking, wait, why would you take Justin Fields at seven? He's he's like the third or fourth projected QB, and we just got Jared Goff. Why would you take Justin Fields at seven? Can anybody answer me what this Zach Wilson thing? Does it have anything to do with football? I know he's good. Obviously, he's good, and he's going to get taken highly. I think he's the third best QB, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I think Zach Wilson's very good. He's going to be a top 10 pick no matter what. Absolutely. If the roles were reversed, I would be happy with Wilson at seven. But from from January, from February to now, from back then in January when Justin Fields was a lock at two, maybe would somehow pull the upset and go one to now, they haven't played any football games, have they? They had a combine or something? Okay. They haven't played any football games. Zach Wilson hasn't lost any more games to Coastal Carolina. Zach Wilson hasn't won a Heisman. Zach Wilson hasn't won the Pac-12 again. Like, what's happened? From the time that Justin Fields was a bona fide lock at number two to now, Zach Wilson hasn't done anything. Justin Fields hasn't done anything. And as far as I know, Justin Fields hasn't gotten in a horrible car accident and lost all of the function in his legs. He hasn't lost the function in his arm. He still is able to throw a football. He still comprehends defense. What happened? From the way I see it, if you ask me, this whole Justin Fields, oh, Oh, he's fallen. He's fallen in these mock drafts. He may make it all the way to the Patriots at 15. This Justin Fields narrative, this all this shit about, oh, oh, he was overrated at Ohio State. Oh, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, JT Barrett. Oh, Cardell Jones. None of them made it. It is, to me, and to be honest with you, I don't know how there aren't more people, like nationally, more people with a bigger platform than I, more famous people, guys on ESPN, girls on Bleacher Report. I don't know how there aren't more people saying what I'm about to say. If you ask me, this whole Fields falling thing, Zach Wilson rising to the top, it's just people with a whole lot of time on their hands that want to think that they're smarter than everyone else and think that they're smarter than themselves. They want to outthink 
themselves. They love getting cute. They're trying to make the sexy pick. Everyone wants to predict, oh, Justin Fields is a bust and Zach Wilson's the guy on the off chance, on the off chance that two years from now they can say they're right when on the normal chance they can look back in two years and say, yeah, Fields was the better prospect. No one ever remembers that I said Zach Wilson should go two overall. If you ask me, this whole narrative about Fields falling and Fields not being the guy people think he was has nothing to do with football and everything to do with people making up storylines, getting views, getting clicks. It makes no fucking sense. How do you go from being back-to-back years, starting QB at one of the best schools in the country, top five school in the country, powerhouse, back-to-back Big Ten champions, back-to-back electrifying offenses, How do you go from being the dynamic, dual-threat, playmaking quarterback in back-to-back years at Ohio State, who's a lock to be number two overall, how do you go from that? Two months go by, nobody plays any football games, not a snap is taken, not a game is won or lost, and now all of a sudden, he might fall out of the top ten. Where? What about football? What about being a good quarterback? What about winning games? Has anything to do with that? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. And I don't really know where anyone could point towards it having towards sound like Frank Reynolds saying whores. I don't know how anyone could point towards those things having anything in common. I think Justin Fields is the pick at number seven. I don't understand this whole narrative around him falling. And the other thing people may say, oh, well, we just got Jared Goff. Oh, We're not winning anything for a couple years. We don't need a quarterback. As far as the Lions go, here's what I would say to to address that. A, I actually don't mind Goff. A lot of people, I think it's kind of split. I think there are a fair amount of people that don't mind him. I think there are a fair amount of people that think he stinks. I don't mind Goff. He's won games. I said it. I did an episode after that trade was made. He's won games. He's done things Matt Stafford hasn't done. Now, they're not the same player. I think Stafford's the better, more talented player. But a fact is a fact. Goff's done things Stafford hasn't. I don't mind Goff. I don't want to take Justin Fields at 7 or overall to go out there week one and say, hey, buddy, lead this team to the promised land. That's not my intention whatsoever. That's actually quite the opposite of what I would like to do with him. I don't mind Goff. And no matter how you feel about him, two things remain to be true. A, the Lions are going to stink. They're going to stink this year. They're probably going to stink next year, and they're probably going to stink the year after that. Okay? Those are just cold, hard facts. We're going to stink this year. We're going to stink the following and probably the third. That's a fact. The other fact, no matter how you feel about Jared Goff, no matter if the Rams' success was in despite of him or because of him or whatever you feel, he should be here or he shouldn't. No matter what you feel about Jared Goff, he has experience. He played in a Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs more than one time. He's won playoff games. He's played at the highest level against the best defenses, against the best coaches, against the best quarterbacks. He has experience in this league. Sure, he's a young guy. Sure, when you watch his tape, he's not Pat Mahomes. You cannot argue the fact that he has experience in the regular season. He has experience in the postseason, which is something nobody 
playing quarterback for the Detroit Lions has been able to save for 13, 14, 15, 16, 23, 25 years. I want us to take Justin Fields. I want him to come in. I want Dan Campbell to talk his ear off. I want Dan Campbell to give him that same speech. He gave the Ford assembly line workers. I want him to come in, sit with golf for a year, learn how the NFL works, get used to playing against guys that are just as fast, just as strong, and just as smart as you. Get used to the NFL speed, NFL defenses. It's not any more cover three fucking cookie cutter Rutgers defenses you're seeing. Take some tips from Goff, learn from Goff, watch Goff. Listen, he's been there, you haven't. And guess what, too? He did it in college. He was the big-time prospect coming out of college. Learn from Goff, be patient, no pressure. I don't. That's the other thing, these quarterbacks. Everyone's obsessed with bringing them in, and day one, they're the starter, and they're going to resurrect our franchise. Which, honestly, I feel a little bit with Lawrence. Like Everyone's like, oh, man. Jaguars are going to get Lawrence. That's so unfair. They're just instantly saved. It's like, like what's Lawrence going to do for the Jags in one year? Like he can't fucking play defense. He can't catch the ball. He can't run the ball. He can't block for himself. Like he's a great player, but right. You can only do so much. I don't love the idea of bringing in these rookie QBs and throwing them to the dogs and just saying, here you go, buddy. You're either, you're either going to be good and figure it out or we'll take another quarterback next year. I love the idea of bringing fields in, learn the system, learn the culture, learn the program, so to speak, that Dan Campbell's building, learn from Goff. And then maybe year two, you can do it again or or play year three. And then by year three, it's like, all right, hopefully by then, Fields is the guy. Because like I said, next year, no matter who we have starting, whether it's Goff or Fields, Patrick Mahomes or Jesus Christ himself, the Lions are going to stink. Year two, odds are they're going to be maybe not terrible, terrible, but they're not going to make the playoffs, and that's with or without Justin Fields, right? By year three, hopefully we can say, we can say, all right, we were eight and eight last year with Jared. Jared, thank you for everything. See ya, essentially, or you can be the backup. Justin Fields, you're the thing that's going to take us from eight and eight to 11 and five. That's my. That's the plan I see in my brain. That's the vision I have for taking fields at seven and for the future of the team. The other thing. People might say, oh, well, you just said it yourself, Nick. We're going to be bad this year. Why would we take a quarterback if we're going to be bad? What does that do for us? If you fucking think you could be the biggest Jared Goff stand alive, what does he have, like three or four more years left on the deal? Not that it matters. You could be the biggest Jared Goff fan alive, biggest optimist alive. I'm sorry to tell you, he's not the guy that's going to win a Super Bowl in Detroit. Probably not anywhere unless you have an all-time defense. That's a fact. Well, maybe not a fact, but that's how I feel. And I think that's probably how most people feel. And I think that's the closest thing to the truth when you're talking about Jared Goff. He's just not the guy. So guess what? If a team's rebuilding, they have a quarterback who will be by in his late 20s, early 30s, who was never quite really anything super special. No offense, Jared. I love you. I'd love to have you on. You think that team's probably going to take a quarterback in the next three years? Like, this is the first draft of the rebuild. In the next three drafts, 
if you don't think the Detroit Lions are going to take a quarterback, you are fucking brain dead. You don't know shit about football if you don't think the Lions are taking a quarterback in the next three drafts. If you think their plan is to ride it out with golf or sign the next Teddy Bridgewater, you're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. The Lions are taking a quarterback, whether it's this year, next year, or the following. That's a guarantee, I promise. So here's my other thought. If you can get a guy who a couple months ago was a fucking lock to be number two, who people were like, oh, should they take him one? Who had an unbelievable career at Ohio State, who's a freak athlete, who's thick as fuck, who's built for the NFL. If you can take a guy, sure, he's got accuracy issues. He's got a cannon of an arm, though. That's why you let him sit for a year, get the coach, and learn. If you can take a guy of that caliber who was the guaranteed second overall pick two months ago, if you can get him at seven, you don't need to trade any assets to move up to get him. You can get him there. You can sit him for a year behind a guy who has plenty of experience, who can show them ropes in a program and a team that's rebuilding and has time and is able to be patient with his progression. It makes too much sense not to do it. It makes too much sense because the alternative is this. The alternative is this. You don't take him at seven this year. Guess what you're doing next year? You either have a really high pick and you're taking him then, or you're trading your 12th overall pick and two more firsts to move up to third to take a quarterback. You're either going to get the second, a guy that was the second overall pick a couple months ago, you're either going to get him at seven this year, or you're going to spend your pick on him next year, and now he's just it's just a year later, or you don't have a bad enough pick next year or the year after, and you got to trade you got to spend three first round picks to get that guy that might not be good. And that's the other thing. I'm not saying Justin Fields is guaranteed to be great. He's guaranteed to win a Super Bowl. He's Patrick. I'm not saying that. All these guys, for the most part, it's like, eh, 50 50. Maybe they'll be good. Maybe they won't. Do you want to take the guy at seven who was going to be the second overall pick? Maybe he's good. Eh, maybe he's not. Fuck. We whatever. We missed. Or you trade your three first round picks to move up to three, let's say, next year, and you draft the next guy that maybe he'll be good or maybe he won't. The only difference is now if they both are busts, one of the busts you spent three first round picks on. One of those guys could have been a defensive end. One of those guys could have been a linebacker. And the other guy you spent one pick on. That's the way I see it. You're taking a quarterback if you're the Lions. You are taking a quarterback this year, the next, or the following 100%. You're going to get great value as far as the quarterback position goes. A guy, no disrespect to Zach Will, although I don't fucking care, a guy who's played big-time competition, who isn't making his money off Utah State, a guy who's played Michigan, Penn State, fucking Clemson every year, Alabama. You're taking that guy with one pick, Great value at seven versus taking a risk, trading up next year, being a year behind, and then maybe you're still shit out of luck. That's the way I see it. And the last thing I'll say, I'm going to try to wrap this up. If the Lions don't take fields, fine. As far as for me, my my order goes, I'd like fields the most. After fields, I want Micah Parsons. We haven't had a fucking person that plays defense in Detroit in like five years. Look at all these teams around the league. Could we get a Luke Kuechly, Sean Lee, fucking Darius Leonard on the on the Colts? Like, look at all these teams with just sick linebackers that make 15 tackles a game. We're going to pass on that guy? 
Micah Parsons ran like a 4-2. <laughs> the guy's a freak. The guy's like 250 pounds, ran a 4-2. He's a freak. I want Fields first, then Parsons, and then after that, ideally I would I would want the t- or the uh, left tackle Sewell. I don't think he's going to fall to seven. And then after that, Pitts, and then whatever. I don't want a wide receiver. A lot of people, this is this was my hot take. This is what I've been referencing. My belief for a lot of people seem to think otherwise. A lot of people, Jamar Chase. Oh, Devontae Smith. Oh, you got to take Kyle Pitts. He's once in a generation. My issue with that is this. What exactly... What exactly does taking a wide receiver do for the Lions? I understand the Lions don't have anybody to play wide out. I understand. But look at what the team just did with Kenny Galladay. Rookie contract ended. He wanted 20 mil. See ya. What does it do for the Lions that take a wide receiver? Let's say we take Jamar Chase at seven this year. All right, cool. We got maybe the best wide out in the draft. Cool. All right. We have no one on defense. Our defense is fucking awful. Great. Jamar Chase doesn't do a thing about that. Our O-line's pretty good, actually. Ragnow, Decker, fine. No worries. We have a very mediocre quarterback. What does Jamar Chase do about that? Oh, not to mention. Not to mention. Not to mention. Because we took a wide out. We, now we need to wait another year to upgrade that quarterback position to the level we really want it to be. Now we got to wait another year to take an X-factor on defense. Oh, but nice. We got a guy who, who's going to catch 700 yards this year and go, and we'll go three and 13. That's good though. That's my, that's my issue with the wideouts. And whether it's Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, whoever, even Kyle Pitts, like I don't really want Pitts. If you force me and you said gun to my head, the lions are taking a wideout. I'd say take Kyle Pitts. Cause the guy's literally fucking Optimus prime. The guy is like six foot six. And he's thick as hell, and he runs like a gazelle. I'd like Kyle Pitts. He's a freak of nature. It's like if LeBron decided to play basketball. But even still, what does Kyle Pitts do for us? All right, cool. We have Hawk. We have Pitts. All right, we got a couple guys that, um, all right, they'll, they'll 50 receptions for 700 yards. Sweet. All right. And we went 3-13. and 13. Oh, my God. Oh, if you ask me. Wide receiver is the number one position, or maybe this is the wrong way to phrase it. But if every if every position, every offensive line, quarterback, running back, every de- defensive position, if every position had a rating, that was like how correlated the success of this player is to you winning football games, I think wide receiver has to be the lowest on the team. Nothing impacts winning less than wide receivers, if you ask me. If you ask me, nothing impacts winning less than wide receivers. Maybe running back, but that's it. Like, if you have a dynamic, look at the Falcons, bro. They've had Julio Jones for the last 10 years. Yeah, they made the Super Bowl once. Every other year, it feels like they stink. Like they're, It's not like they've been good. They made that Super Bowl that one year, and that feels like a fluke. Even the Lions with Megatron. Now, we were good during those days, and I love Megatron. He's an all-time player. And think about that. Megatron is top three, top two, top one greatest wide receiver to ever play football. And we didn't win a game in the playoffs with him. He's the greatest wideout, maybe, 
definitely top three greatest wideout to ever play the game, and we didn't win a playoff game with him. And he had Matt Stafford, who's definitely better than Goff, playing with him. And he had a defense. He had Sue, Tulloch, Glover Quinn. He had guys. And we never won a playoff game. What exactly is it that Jamar Chase is going to do for the Lions? He certainly doesn't help us next year. All it is is we took a toy that we don't need that doesn't do anything for us, and all that's going to happen is taking that toy in the first-round pick this year slows down the rebuild, and guess what? By the time in year three or year four of this regime, when we have our quarterback, we have a few pieces on defense, the O-line's good. By the time that t- that rolls around, guess what? Guess who's going to be ending their rookie deal and going to want $20 million a year? You guessed it, Jamar Chase. See ya. Have to go go have fun in Denver, Jamar. We're not paying you twenty mil. Why do you? Why does anybody want us to take Jamar Chase? And I saw people were like, "Oh, they were gonna trade up at, to four for him," and people were like, "Oh, they should have done it." Are you fucking crazy? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I the the whole wideout thing. Nothing impacts winning less than wide receivers. They do nothing for this future of the team. Also, I don't think there's a more expendable position than wide receiver. Like, I don't think there's a position more where you could just go to free agency today and get a guy who's, like, pretty good. Maybe not pretty good, but you get a guy who's decent. Like, yeah, you could play the fucking position. Not to mention, in the draft, wide receivers every year are drafted late and turn out to be studs. Best guy, Justin Jefferson, he wasn't the first wide out taken. Henry Ruggs, he wasn't the first wideout taken. Kenny Galladay, you remember him? He just signed for $20 million a year with the Giants. He was a third-round pick. Who says you need to take a wideout in the top 10 for him to be good? I hate, I hate, I hate the idea of taking a wideout. Like I said, positive vibes, open mind. I'm going to ride with these guys until things really start to look bad if, if shit goes south. But that's the one move that they could make tonight that would turn me off. If they if the Lions take a wide out tonight, I'm gonna be Yeah, I'm not gonna be happy. I'm not gonna be happy. Exciting night though. Exciting night. First step in the future of the Lions. Hopefully to some winning ways, man. It would be cool if fucking one team in this city and of all teams, the Lions could figure it out. Oh man. Here's to hoping, people. Positive vibes. New regime, new era lines. Here's the fucking hoping. Hope everybody enjoyed. Enjoy the draft tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Definitely with uh, whoever we end up taking. I'll be talking about them and then some other stuff. Appreciate you guys as always. Appreciate everyone listening, sharing, spreading the word. Means everything. At Nick Second String on Twitter. At the period second period string on Instagram. And the second string Detroit at gmail.com. Hope you guys all have a great day. Let's go Lions, baby. Let's go lions cats 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 all right i'm done see you guys